What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Big Dudes in the Trenches, another episode of previewing some great NFL and college football action. Now, if you couldn't tell for some reason, which would be because you're not watching on Twitch, first of all, why are you not watching on Twitch? Terrible mistake on your part. Second of all, you will have noticed by now, Tug and Bug are not with me. Um, that would be a problem, except we have a great friend from all the way down to Australia. And you know what? He may be small in physicality, but in mindset, he is an honorary big dude in the trenches. Welcome, the host of the Jake Botel Sports Experience, Jake Botel himself. How you doing, sir? I'm, I'm here, and I'm ready to go helmet to helmet in the trenches with you. I'm ready. <laughs> I can't wait, man. All, so all like 70-something 70, 70 kilos of me. I'm ready. <laughs> I got to say, since you know we have a naming convention and you are being knighted officially, a big dude in the trenches, at least for the show, you are no longer Jake. You are now Jug. It's just, it has to be that way. I'm ready. I'm ready. Jug is ready to be okay. filled with football information. Let's do it. Jug and Jug <laughs> together at last. <laughs> that, wow. All right. All right. See poems. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into some NFL news. Uh, I think it. it's only right that we start talking about the whole Indianapolis Colts, Jeff Saturday ordeal because golly it makes absolutely no sense to any of us and yeah uh it's still after a week makes very little sense uh what did you think about this hire what do you think is going on with the colts just any uh <laughs> absolute insanity like insanity yeah. i i um i i think i was about 24 hours behind the news in finding out that frank reich was fired um mm -hmm. Because I think I found out about this first, that Jeff Saturday had been hired. And I thought, well, what happened to Frank Wright? Uh, so <laughs> quickly learned that he got, he got fired. Um, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. In like a crazy NFL season where Geno Smith is a potential like MVP candidate, where Aaron Rodgers isn't playing particularly well. The ayahuasca finally wore off. He's having a bad trip now um, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like... This is craziness. And it's not just like yeah. it's it's not just Jeff Saturday. It's it's like all the other stuff that's happening around it. I was I was sort of blown away, I guess, when I when I heard the news. I know Tom Brady is undefeated post divorce. There's a lot kind of weird things going on <laughs> in the NFL right now. Uh there right. is an additional promotion in the Colts organization. They do have a new play caller i guess not officially offensive coordinator but former assistant mm -hmm. quarterbacks coach parks frazier <laughs> whose guy i have no idea yeah um that's not, okay they have a new uh, play caller i guess <laughs> yeah and, and so you've got a head coach who's 20 and 16 in high school football and yep. has just yep. come out of like the announcing booth You've got Parks Frazier, who's what thirty, I think. Um, yeah, something like that. With a this computer is, science so, degree and like two years experience <laughs> in college quality control. Yeah, it, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy world, and I guess I did wonder 
because there's been lots of talk about it. You know, is it going to be, a, you know, is this going to be a disaster? And I did think, well, maybe it's not going to be a disaster in that it'll go to plan. And maybe the plan is to tank to the absolute max to get the quarterback they want next year. Because, I mean, I don't know. You'd have to squint pretty hard to see how this has made the Colts a better team to me. I would say even if they are trying to tank, they're off to a pretty rough start. They might end up with still like the number three or so pick, which puts mm. you out of range. There are really only two guys that everyone's talking about, unless they're in love with Will mm. Levis that much, which I'm certainly not. So good luck with that, I guess. This yeah. is uh <laughs> wow, what a season in the NFL so far. <laughs> I don't know what I'd else be to happy say. if he was successful. I love I love the True. clip of him saying, I don't know if I'm going to be any good at this. Like if this turns into, you know, a Disney movie, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon Disney movie special where the unlikely coach takes the team on a run, I'm here for it. But right now it's, it's pretty hard to, afternoon special. to see. There yeah, that's go. the one. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> their first opponent with Jeff Saturday at the helm, will be the Las Vegas Raiders. They are also in the news this week because they cut a former first-round pick, uh, Jonathan Abram, safety out of Alabama. They were picking Alabama players left and right just recently. Hmm. Mike Mayock made a habit of it, and none of them worked out. Uh, if we go back the past five years' worth of Las Vegas first-round picks, only one of them is still really on the team. I mean, technically two, I think, but neither of them have their fifth-year option picked up, and it's like sketchy situations. We're talking Alex Leatherwood, Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs. Some of those are off-the-field issues that you really couldn't have foreseen, a la Damon Arnett yeah. and Henry Ruggs. But then you also have the Colton Miller, Gary and Conley picks. You wonder why Las Vegas isn't winning too many games. This kind of highlights it right here. Yeah, and, and you know, trans, you know, transitioning from talking about Jeff Saturday, the analyst hired out of, he was working for ESPN, wasn't he? Jeff Saturday, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, comes out to to coach Indianapolis. Um, uh, the track record of guys coming out of the booth like Mike Mayock to the Raiders didn't exactly yield a lot of success. Right. Like, um, yeah, I, I think the the Gruden hire, you know, in retrospect you know, which was meant to sort of lay this foundation for the Raiders in Vegas and this culture of success in the desert. It it's sort of done the opposite in a lot of ways. It's it they're, they're now having to work back from this destabilized position. And um yeah, it, it it's crazy when you think about Jonathan Abram. I remember him flying around like an absolute missile. And at times I thought he was going to become that sort of superstar um guy in that defensive secondary, but you know, I also remember him slamming into a, a, I don't know if you remember this, it was one of the first games at the new stadium in Vegas. He slammed into some sort of media truck scaffolding that had a camera on a boom or whatever and knocked himself out. I, I It was a horrific scene, but making a particularly Jonathan Abram play, like just going like a torpedo at someone and just went head first into this thing. And I was really worried for him, but uh, he, he got back up. But He's 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 gone from the Raiders now. Uh, yeah, the, the the Raiders are are a bit of a mess in this this draft history. 
um, I, I, I guess, is not looking too favorable on the Mayock uh, Gruden era. I will say, in Mayock's defense, he did get Max Crosby in the third round, who's now one of the highest True. paid defensive ends in the league. Mm. That's about it, though. <laughs> That's about all I got. Uh, so Jonathan Abram yeah. was claimed off of waivers by the Green Bay Packers. He is still playing in the league. Put it that way. We'll see what he can do. Yeah. The well, Packers certainly need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they need all the. Can he catch? Uh, <laughs> that'd be my Maybe. question. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Speaking of signings, Odell Beckham Jr. is, of course, the most high-profile free agent left on the board anywhere across the entire league. There is a lot of talk right now that he might be headed to the Dallas Cowboys. The issue holding him back, apparently, is the desire for a multi-year deal. Would you be willing to sign a guy to a multi-year contract coming off of the type of injury he is? I guess it depends on what the structure of the multi-year contract was. It may be if I front loaded it. So we say, yeah, we'll pay you a boatload of money in year one. Uh, but hey, we're not paying you a lot year two. You know, we'll, we'll see how we go. We'll give you a second year, um, but but you're not going to get a King's ransom for that second year. So, and I guess, you know, the, the Cowboys to me are kind of an underrated storyline this season. Everyone is focused on the Eagles, which is fair enough. Everyone's, focused on the bills i i don't think um there's as much clear clean air between those sorts of teams and the cowboys as a lot of people are talking about i think this cowboys team are are pretty legit that defense um has i don't know it's way early to be talking about it but future hall of famers sort of the the the, the prospect of those on it obj to the cowboys makes all the sense in the world to me um you know i think Jarrah would like that a lot um but yeah I, I wouldn't be i wouldn't get i wouldn't be going out and giving him a heap of money i would for year one like i said it depends how you structure the deal if you can make a two if you make a one-year deal look like a two-year deal so that he's happy and you're happy then i, I say get it done um because it just does make too much sense to me if anybody could pull that off it would be jerry jones i'm sure that's absolutely <laughs> we we shall see i'm kind of looking forward to seeing odell beckham jr back on the field though he's always a very fun player to watch and then speaking yeah. of owners i guess talking about jerry jones there uh dan snyder's under some fire uh for real this time finally just a bit. he's actually getting sued by the attorney general in washington dc for a whole lot of things uh it's not only him actually as well the nfl is getting sued roger goodell is getting sued for toxic workplace environments all sorts mm -hmm. of actual seemingly legitimate work related legal complaints about how the commander's organization has been run if anything's going to force him to sell the team it would be legal trouble for sure and there are buyers lined up. Uh, apparently, Jeff Bezos is very interested. He does own the Washington Post and has ties to the area. TMZ saw him and Jay-Z having dinner together. And so now everyone assumes that they're going to buy the Commanders as a duo, which would be hilarious. What do you think about this entire situation? Because the Commanders up and down the board have been a mess for like five years at this point. <laughs> 
Yeah, and like what like it's such a complicated history, isn't it? Like as as a right. franchise because they're such a storied franchise. Like it's it's not like there's some, you know, a, a team like um the Jets you know, all the charges or something, you know, they've, they've got Super Bowl titles. They've got plenty of rings, you know, um, to talk about and, and, and not in that much of a distant history, you know, we're not going back to the sixties to find times when Washington was a successful football franchise, but this is like, talk about, you know, the swamp and just like, right. um, corruption and, and all that sort of thing. Like, yeah, I, I think it's a mess and it's, I think, the thing I actually personally found most heartening about this story that's come out is that it's not just Dan Snyder um, facing this legal action. It's the fact that the NFL and Goodell and all that are, are implicated in this as well. And obviously we've got to wait and see what comes of it, but would it be surprising to any of us if the NFL are ultimately found to have been involved in wrongdoing and concealing, you know, wrongdoing. I mean, I go back to the the spy gate where, you know, NFL agents just went and stomped on the tapes. Might've been handy to, right. to have those tapes, you know, like I, I think there's been a bit of a history of, of airbrushing uh, some of the goings on in the league. So like none of this is particularly surprising. The surprising thing to me is that it's happening. Do you True. know what I mean? Like that, that, that we're actually getting some action. So sort of where I'm at on it. And I think it would be good for, for Washington football fans to have a, a clean slate at ownership. Um, and I think it's good when truths come out, if the NFL has been, can be shown to have been, you know, covering things up, colluding on things, then it should be out and about in the public. We should know about that. So I, I think it's a positive um uh, yeah, for me, anyway. <laughs> I don't think I'm the first to make this comparison, but it de definitely starting to feel like a a Don Sterling situation with the LA Clippers. If you remember that whole story with the NBA, where he eventually got forced out for just being a racist asshole. Mm. <laughs> Dan <Yeah>. Snyder is <laughs> catches up with you sometimes. Right, right. It's it's not a good <laughs> policy to have. You know, as a person, um, it just it feels like it's going to be some kind of weird legal issue that's finally going to get something done here. And I'm I really do hope for Washington fans that this is the end of this whole saga. It feels bad. I feel bad at a certain point talking down about the franchise so often when it's really just the owner's fault. Actually, all the players are really fun. I love Ron Rivera mm. as a coach. The organization other than Dan Snyder seems to be pretty great. So it's, and there's yeah. great history, you know, like, you know, right. Doug Williams and Super Bowl records and the hogs and all like, the there, there's so much good history. It, speaking of big dudes in the trenches, right. like that's what you want. You want, I guess, a team in 2022 and beyond that you can be proud of the way it's run. Um, and, and so I, I really do genuinely hope that Washington fans get that because think about how fun that division could be with the Giants seemingly on a bit of an upswing with Brian Dayball. The Eagles seem to have stuff together. The Cowboys, if you had the commanders, you know, have a bit of a resurgence, that could be fun. Well, the commanders are playing a primetime game this week. They'll be on Monday night football, which means we are going to make picks for that game. Well, let's go ahead. Our record so far this season 
I know Bug and Tug aren't with us today, but at the same time, this is where we're at. I finally got up to happy about that, feeling good about myself. I should be above 500, except for those lousy calls at the end of the Titans-Chiefs game. Yeah, I almost looked like a genius for taking the Titans. Brutal. <laughs> it was. It's brutal game. Brutal. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what happened there. Uh, we all picked the Ravens and we all won. Beautiful. Except for the saints, which are not very good. And so that was, (laughs) but this (laughs) slate of primetime matchups, the Falcons at Panthers has already started on prime video. If you're watching Mm -hmm. this, it means that you understand that Thursday night football is not good. We appreciate you, and we want to boycott Falcons at Panthers because this is a terrible game. Absolutely. It has no chance of being any good, and also it's Thursday night, which is awful. It's one of the worst decisions the NFL has ever made. So let's talk about <laughs> Sunday night football. <laughs> Starting Absolutely. with the Chargers at the 49ers. Uh, crazily enough, all of us are picking the 49ers. I think it's probably going to be a much better game than it looks on screen right now with all of us taking the 49ers. What do you think about this matchup though? Mm. Oh, like it's, it's so health. Um, you know, our feelings about the charges have been so impacted by the health of the charges. I watched, um, uh, the charges was it Falcons from the weekend, uh, just yesterday doing a bit of sort of research and, you know, the Chargers got it together in the end and got a win, but, you know, they're missing Keenan Allen. They're missing Mike Williams. You know, there's been injuries. Like, that's pretty major to take both of those players out of the lineup. Right. I mean, they are your top two pass catchers. Um, I, I think this second half of the season is going to be where we can more fairly evaluate um, LA. I'm not a massive Brandon Staley fan, but I... I have to say that you know i want to give him a full healthy season with these players uh, before i you know come down on a judgment on him i just think the 49ers are really good i think they are such a physical team they're such a bully sort of team Uh, i love watching them play they were one of my picks to win the super bowl this year i think i had um the 49ers coming over from the nfc and i still look I would have loved if Trey Lance had worked out, Uh, you know, so we're with Jimmy G again. So it feels like we've gone back in time a little bit with the 49ers. I just think, so. you know, the Chargers being competitive really does come down to health of of their key wide receivers. But uh, coaching decisions in crucial moments, I really do think too much of the league has been sucked into this going for it on fourth down almost all of the time. I think it's crazy. Like some of the situations you see uh, coaches go, was it the Chargers who went for it on their own side of the field? It was against the Browns a, a, a few weeks ago. I can't remember if it was, if it was the Chargers, but their own side the of the field. teams have done that so far already. Oh, it's nuts. I, I can't, I and, and you can go too far the other way. Anyway, I'm ranting. I think the 49ers will win. I think you're right. It'll be a closer, more enjoyable matchup, but um, that will definitely be more so if the Chargers can get healthy and have their their dudes out there. I really believe that if that Christian McCaffrey trade hadn't happened, I would have picked the Chargers even with the injuries. So that yeah, 
Christian McCaffrey is a huge addition to this 49ers offense. Makes it very different, very enjoyable. Love watching it now, uh, even with Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo still. Big hopes for Trey Lance, but let's be real. It's Jimmy Garoppolo is what he is. <laughs> anyway, uh, Monday Night yeah. Football, yeah. <laughs> as we were talking about, commanders in prime time, this time against the undefeated Eagles. A lot of people claiming mm. the Eagles look a little bit like frauds based on how weak their schedule has mm. been, but they are undefeated, and it's hard to argue with 8-0 at a certain point. Uh, if they can get to 9-0, yeah. which three of us are predicting here, that would certainly put them in the driver's seat of the NFC, let's say. <laughs> uh, but interestingly enough, we do have Tug taking the commanders in this game. I don't see it. I really don't see a path for that. <laughs> Do you have an argument? I... Just weirdness. <laughs> you know, just NFL weirdness. You know, like the Jets coming back to defeat the Ravens earlier in the season with Joe Flacco, or was it the Browns? I think it was the Browns. Maybe it was, it was both. Well, it was uh, both, actually, um, I believe. With both with Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, Weird stuff happens all the time. I mean, the Jets went and beat the Bills last weekend. Right. Weird things do happen. Taylor Heineke is kind of this streaky kind of quarterback. I feel like he's just as likely to throw two touchdowns as he is to throw two picks. Um, I think he's going to be an eternal sort of backup in that Ryan Fitzpatrick mode where sometimes he's yeah. fun to watch and other times he kills your team. Um, look, I don't really have an argument for the commanders. Uh, because again, we haven't seen them healthy on defense either. You know, True. they're still missing their, their key linchpin on, on Gosh. defense. And the Eagles are so balanced, like run game, passing game, uh, defensive line, defensive secondary. I feel like they are really well balanced and yeah, look, you can only play who you play, but they haven't been greatly tested in many of those matchups to be fair. I feel like the commanders haven't been healthy in like three years. Brutal, yeah. brutal sport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also pick three different games to watch over the course of the weekend. Uh, start off with the bugs game. It's the first NFL game to ever be held in Germany, be held in Munich, Seattle versus Tampa Bay. The Seahawks are very surprising so far this year. In the other direct, so have the Buccaneers, Ben. Um, I don't know. This is probably actually going to be a very tight game. It's two and two. Bug is taking the Seahawks. Tug and I are taking the Buccaneers. Why are you taking the Seahawks here? What are you thinking? I believe in Gino. I believe it. Or more specifically, I believe in Pete Carroll. I feel like Pete Carroll's yeah. in his bag of tricks at the moment. I, I think he's loving, loving life. I, I think this is exactly the kind of team he wants. I, I talk a lot about Bill Belichick as like the hooded one. You know, you go into the hooded one's lair and you get your brain boiled in Foxborough. Pete Carroll has some mind voodoo of his own, but it's in this more sort of positive kind of love and light sort of California speak kind of way. Like he manages to situationally coach up great football except on the goal line in the super bowl um you know but i think big moments and i think this is a i think this is a moment he will love like hey guys it's our it's the first nfl game in germany 
We want to be remembered as the team that won the first ever game in Germany. And apart from that, I just think the Seahawks are pretty good and, and, and the Bucks are in a bit of struggle town in terms of their chemistry. So I, I never count out Brady, but I think in a close game, I think Carroll and the Seahawks keep getting the job done, which is such a fun storyline. I love it. In that argument, you hit the nail on the head for why I'm taking the Buccaneers, though. I have a personal yep. policy to never pick against Tom Brady if I'm forced to pick one of his games. So it's yep. just usually Good works policy. out for me. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, yeah. I took the Vikings at the Bills. Of course, it's the mm. highest, probably the highest ranked match over the weekend, if you will. Uh, Vikings mm. are 7-1 and one right now. Pretty surprised at that. Also surprised at the move they made in division for TJ Hawkinson. Though, got to say, it looks pretty good so far. And the Buffalo Bills are coming off of a very unusual loss to the New York Jets. First time the Jets have beaten the Bills in, I don't know, 47 years, it feels like. Not literally true, <laughs> but definitely how it feels. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I think this is going to be a tight game. I'm kind of just taking the home team here in the Bills. Yeah, I, I, and a big question is, is it Josh Allen or is it Case Keenum? Um, you know, Josh Allen with that True. elbow injury didn't practice um, today uh, per reports and that sort of thing. And it's hard to know, you know, of course, he probably wouldn't practice if he's got any lingering soreness. You're just trying to get him right. Um, for the game, Vikings have kept everything close this year. I, I think, you know, what I'm going into this game wanting to learn is how good are the Vikings? Like they're a seven and one team, but this is a real challenge. I think they go um, at Bills and then Cowboys next week. I think this is a really good two game stretch to sort of see where Minnesota is at because they've done such a good job of of getting over the line across the first, you know, sort of two months of the season. But I think this Bills team is going to be really, really angry about last week. And look, I wouldn't even be surprised if Case Keenum does play, but this defense for the Bills just finds a way to get it done. Um, I think they don't want to be denied. Matt Milano has played lights out. He has been an absolute yeah. revelation this season. The Absolutely. dude's a game wrecker. So... Yeah, I've got the Bills. I've got the Bills, but I think it'll be close. I actually think even with Case Keenum, he's different enough of a quarterback. That might actually be tricky for the defense on short notice to prepare for. And Case Keenum, in a sure. short stretch, one, two, three games, can win you over 500. You know, it can get you a 500 record in those games, at least. Mm. And the defense is good enough bot. so far. I'm taking the Bills anyway. I definitely understand where Bugs coming from, you know, taking the Vikings mm -hmm. here. He's the only one of us, though. And, yeah, I think this is going to be a great game. Last matchup that we picked to watch out for this weekend, Tug wanted to take the storylines. Colts at the Raiders. <laughs> Jeff Saturday at the team that he was just on TV talking about how bad they are for ESPN. <laughs> uh, almost Love everybody's it. taking the Raiders. I'm going to take the Colts, and this is not Ooh. even this is not even an endorsement of the Jeff Saturday hire. This is simply, mm. I think the Raiders are really freaking bad this year, and Josh mm. McDaniels does not deserve a head coaching job. They've been out to three different 20-plus 
to zero leads and lost all three of those games, I don't think the Raiders can handle it. And I know the Colts are bad right now, and I know they're starting Sam Ellinger. I don't think the Raiders are any good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you you mentioned those leads they've given up. I heard a stat quoted that that is the most leads of that margin given up by a team in a single season in the history of the NFL. And we're only halfway through the season. Right. Yeah. So look, I've, I've gone the Raiders, but I, I totally get where you're coming from because I almost switched to the Colts when I heard Jeff Saturday's speech to the media. I was like, hell yeah, I'm in, I'm in on this. Um, yeah. So I can imagine it having that impact on a locker room and often you get a bit of a dead cat bounce anyway, you know, when, when a, when a coach gets the sack, gets fired, sorry, gets fired. My Aussie lingo. We've certainly seen that in college football this season. I mean, look at Georgia Tech. Fired their head coach, yeah. went on a winning streak. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it can happen. And uh, look, I, I, if my question would be if Jeff Saturday beats the Raiders, is Josh McDaniel toast before the season is over? Is he toast by that evening? I have no idea legitimately it's a possibility I don't, I don't isn't know, it though <laughs> i don't know if mark davis can afford that with how much he's still having to yeah. pay gruden and mike mayock right now <laughs> it's yeah, it's insane but i, I can see it happening i can definitely as in i can see the colts winning this game because i i, I think actually jeff saturday and sam ellinger as a qb head coach matchup i think it's a great um, sort of mind meld there. I think I think they'll vibe. It's certainly an interesting mind meld. I don't know if it's a great one. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> and I I will say after that speech to the media, I was ready to run through a brick wall, and the Raiders are not yeah. a brick wall. So <laughs> no, won't. no, no, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe it. Has there been a big free agent move like that? Or you know, trade whatever I can't remember free agent or trade, but Devontae Adams trade, that's but that's been less effective in yes. recent history. Where you go, that who who have you got? Well, you you added recent history after I said yes. I was going to go oh, so, back to yeah. Marshall Walker trade. You know, kind of moves like yeah. that. Um, yeah, those moves just don't work in in any respect. It's weird, though. I I would have imagined this would have been a great pairing. They played well together at Fresno State, but something's just not clicking here. Well, I I feel like it's mostly in the defense, though. I'm not sure. That's probably fair. That's probably fair, but I wonder if, if Derek Carr gets unfairly outed if this doesn't work. Because on paper, it looks like, well, you said if we got you your guy and you got your wide receiver and we've got you a bit of a running game and that and couldn't get it done. Um, yeah, I just wonder how it goes because I imagine yeah. they will be picking pretty high in the draft at this point. I mean, most likely scenario, let's be real. The Raiders are going to win this game and it'll answer a lot of those questions for us. But if the Colts yeah. win and I'm taking mm. that gamble, look out. That could be fascinating. 
So yeah. other than the games to watch, of course, we take a look at some fantasy football stuff here. Uh, very briefly, nice. I don't play fantasy football anymore. I kind of got out of the game after winning one championship and then losing the next season. I was like, <laughs> this is enough. I can't handle it emotionally. <laughs> the Sean McVay approach. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> but for receivers, Bug wanted us to sit Curtis Samuel and start Chase Claypool, which I definitely understand mm. both selections here. The commanders are going against the Eagles. That's your Curtis Samuel mm. argument right there. Uh, and Chase Claypool is probably the number one target in Chicago right now, even with Darnell Mooney being the presumptive depth chart number one. Chase Claypool's got to be getting a lion's share of the targets anymore. Just because they have any other options. Nobody can create mm. separation on this team in the wide receiver core. Chase Claypool included, he's just big enough to be able to make up for that, unlike anybody else on the roster. So, I, yeah, it's rough, and I think Justin Fields is a start more than any other Bears player. If you're going to start one, I guess Chase Claypool is probably your best bet. Yeah, I, and look, as a Steelers fan, I really enjoyed watching Chase Claypool, um, particularly 2020. He made a pretty average end to Ben Roethlisberger's career, occasionally exciting, being able to go up and grab some of those, you know, 30-yard floaters from Big Ben's broken catapult of an arm. Um, I, I, I think I think Claypool can blossom in this offense. I think Claypool can blossom with Justin Fields. I think he's a... People make a lot of fuss about the celebrations and the TikTok stuff with Juju and, and Chase Claypool. But I am starting to wonder about the environment in Pittsburgh because Juju's gone on to the Chiefs and is, you know, it's really starting to turn things around and put up good production. Wouldn't surprise me if Claypool goes and starts having a great career again um, at the Bears, if not this year, then next. I just had a really bad thought about how deadly of a TikTok combination Juju would have been with Jackson mm. Mahomes if he had kept up his antics. That is gross. Break the internet. I hate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> On the running back side of things, uh, it's another Commanders player that we're saying to sit. Really, mm. any running back from the Commanders this weekend, Brian Robinson's probably the starter, though. Uh, amazingly, because he was shot multiple times in the offseason, He's the starter, though. Uh, yeah. Probably don't want to play him against the Eagles because that defensive right. line is up there as the best in football at the moment, for sure. Mm. I don't want to run against them. I know that much. No, no, absolutely not. I definitely don't. <laughs> then, of course, That's we're saying to start Nick Chubb. Now, of course, he is the number one running back in fantasy football. A little bit of low-hanging fruit. Also, it's a pretty bad defense they're going up against this week. So, Nick Chubb is... Uh, I don't think you're going to find him on the waiver wire or anything, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> definitely keep I him just, in the starting lineup this week. <laughs> yeah, and, and just like uh, Cleveland, just run him like 35 times a game. We don't need exactly. to see more... Or of Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball. Just run Nick Chubb over and over. That's the I, play. I hope I never have to see Jacoby Brissett throw the ball ever again. That's honestly that would be <laughs> <a deal. laughs> 
But actually, that's going to do it for the NFL, unless you had any other topics you wanted to bring up before we jump to college football. No, aside from the fact that I may go back to watching the Steelers. I've been a very sad Steelers boy, but I've decided I will. I, I, they need my support. I've been a spoiled Steelers boy, so now I need to be a supportive Steelers boy. So I'll watch them this that week. Is, that's a hard transition and one that I hope Alabama fans are about Oofa. to have to make. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but some college football news i guess the best place to start is with the playoff committee rankings of course as you all know by this point we also release our own bdt trench ratings mm-hmm. the top 10's free everything else go to our patreon patreon.com slash bdt football jug here could tell you from personal experience it's definitely worth it it's enjoyable content. Watch, look at all 131 teams where they are in the rankings, in the strength of schedule, their offense and defensive rankings as we see it. Uh, compared to the college football playoff rankings, I'm very surprised at how good of a job they're doing this season. Honestly, the mm-hmm. only disparity would be LSU all the way up at number seven. It feels kind of <laughs> gross. And it makes me scared if LSU can somehow win out and beat Georgia in the SEC title game. I kind of have to put a two-loss team in the playoff at this point. Kind of gross. Yeah, Yeah, well, think about the ugly reality we have if results go away and we end up with three SEC teams in the playoff if they keep hovering Tennessee around there. And that'll be the argument for the the expanded playoff see we really needed probably five or six sec teams in uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like I, i'm kind of the, the lsu one up you know up the rankings to me was uh, trying to prop up some resumes too trying to strengthen right. resumes um you know it, it helps tennessee stay up when you can say well they blitz number seven lsu um I don't think LSU is the seventh best team. I thought it was going to be team. To, to prop up Alabama, and then Alabama lost. Yeah. So now LSU has to be on further. <laughs> it's a it's a bad system when the rigging is this blatant. Yeah, and it, and it is it is pretty blatant at times. I feel like and and uh, my little horn frogs are kind of uh, I, I think we're we're doomed to fail probably because. I don't think we're going to survive one loss. I think we're probably going to right. get that one loss in the next little while. Um, but we just don't have that conference, you know, uh, cachet that some of the others do to survive a loss. But no, I, like you, I'm sort of surprised with with uh, how much I agree in general with this poll. I think USC is way too high. USC's defense for mine is is has been absolutely disastrous like um i'm interested to see if it ever catches up to them in some respects actually statistically Mm. in other respects their defense has been fantastic this year it's a really mixed bag it's much better than it has Mm. been in recent history though got to give them that yeah what sort of areas is it is is their success built around because i've heard that like they've forced a lot of turnovers is that does yeah. is that sort of accurate within the stats it's, like what is it that's making them good on on the defensive side they are number one in the nation in turnover differential and it's not even close 
yeah, okay. amazingly. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Williams is doing a great job keeping the football, and the defense is doing an unbelievable job of taking it away. I like at a level we haven't seen USC do, I don't think, ever. So mm. that's definitely helping them a lot. It's getting them off the field, which is in turn helping yeah. them because they do give up yards. The thing yeah. is, they haven't given up that many points either because of those turnovers and mm. their offense can keep up. So it's, I think we are probably heading to USC, Oregon, deciding that conference. Yeah. I don't know. UCLA's decent. They're weak in just the right spots where I think both teams can exploit it. It's probably going to be USC, Oregon. And I don't know which team I would have as actually winning that game right now. I didn't, on a neutral mm-hmm. field, I think it might be Oregon by like three or four. That spread, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be tight. Well, it's interesting to look at Oregon too. Like when they've played a team that can actually legitimately throw the ball, like they lost 49-3 to against Georgia and, and that right. was week one. But UCLA... Um, it's a 45-30 win, so 30 points they conceded against UCLA. Washington State threw the ball all over Oregon, yeah. 41 points in that. So, like, that is one area I think Oregon is is still struggling to put it together is in is in the secondary, but they seem so strong in other areas that they can sort of compensate. That Washington State game is definitely more indicative of that than the UCLA game. The 30 yep. points UCLA put up, I think 15 of them were in the last two drives of the game. Yeah. Desperation, garbage time kind of a deal. Washington State, though, with my boy, Cam Ward. Been watching him since he was at UIW. Carnet Ward come up. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Washington State's fun. Not in the top 10, though. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) And uh, let's do so in kind pivot because let's talk about some group of five news mm. and we have to start with the sun belt uh because grayson mccall has been injured his a broke something in his foot against appalachian state last week and that's huge because coastal carolina was definitely in the lead in the sun belt probably the best team in the sun belt potentially depending on what happened in the american even eventually competing for that group of five New Year's Six Bowl because they're eight and one right now and they've been beating some pretty decent teams in the process. Grayson McCall now is out three to six weeks, definitely the rest of the regular season then, potentially even missing the bowl game. That is a brutal way to go out. Came back his senior season just for this and is going to miss a lot of it. That is brutal. Yeah, and miss, missing like the the end that you want to be playing in, sort of thing. I mean, obviously you want to play a full season, but if you could take being injured in one half of the year, it'd be the first half, so you can get back. You know, for the pointy right. end of the season. You know, now you're talking about missing bowl games, or you know, like you said, New Year's Six and that sort of thing. And what twenty one touchdowns, one interception in nine games. You know, well and truly on pace to to break some of those previous bests. Um, Coastal Carolina are a fun, fun team to watch. I feel like their coach is eventually going to be poached 
or for higher office somewhere in college football yeah. with the job he's done at Coastal. Yeah, what a what a bummer for for Grayson McCall and for college football. You know, these are the fun players you like to watch. Um, it always sucks when they get injured and we can't watch them from a selfish point of view. <laughs> I know. I know. I still remember that Instagram post when he announced he was coming back for his last hurrah at Coastal Carolina. He ended it with, I pissed Teal. I can't wait to get back on the field. <laughs> Grayson McCall Great always uniforms. be a legend for that. <laughs> Great uniforms, Coastal. I'm a big uniform Over guy. in Conference we have one alternate uniform to look at this week because it is the greatest oh. alternate uniform of all time. Not joking. Look at this helmet. Western Kentucky <laughs> has gone all in. <laughs> So if you don't know the whole this story, is amazing. they were doing black helmet. They were black jerseys, black pants, black helmet. They put it up to a fan mm. vote on Twitter what the helmet logo should be. If it should be like a all red, their traditional like towel waving logo, or if they should do their mascot, big red on the helmet. It was like... 48% for the towel, 47% for Big Red, and then like 1%, 2% other. Everybody wanted to see this helmet out there eventually. Western Kentucky has delivered yeah. in the best possible way. <laughs> the visor in itself is so Mince. hilarious. <laughs> Every player is going to have this is these like big googly eye visors. <laughs> I just can't wait till you see guys like, you know, standing over dudes after they deliver a sack, you know, flexing with these big, ridiculous googly eyes. <laughs> That's that what is, I'm talking about. <laughs> that is worth watching a Western Kentucky game in itself right there, let alone the Absolutely. fact they're actually good on offense. I mean, this is, yeah, this is hilarious. <laughs> Love it. I guess saying, can uh... say. Uh, they do have a new media deal, which is mm. exciting for a couple of reasons. So they will be nationally televised almost all of their games on CBS Sports Network and ESPN. And however the, that whole deal works. Uh, as we talked about last time, we brought up this kind of money stuff on the show. Tier 3 media rights are being included now, which means basically every game in the conference is going to be available somewhere. Even if it ends up on ESPN+, Plus, you'll be able to see every game, which is awesome. I love that that's being included now. It makes it way better for the fans. You can watch any game, anytime. Love it. Mm. No money has been announced. I can tell you for sure it's not as much. As the Power 5 deals. Um, but here's the big news. No. In November every year, we get Maction, right? Tuesday, Wednesday night football. Now, with Conference USA in this new media deal, in the month of October, we're getting Conference USA Tuesday and Wednesday night football. This is hilarious. It's kind of sad. This is the only way they can get national exposure. At the same time, I love this. We will have football every day of the week for two months out of the year now. Absolutely. And like, uh, as an Aussie who used to love the cricket season uh, for the reason that through from like October through to 
February or March, you could pretty much find something on the radio or on the TV every day. And I'm a big radio guy because I can do other things at the same time and mm -hmm. be listening in. So, you know, baseball is kind of a comparison in the US, but let's face it, if you want a sport on all the time, it's probably not baseball, like if you really can choose. Uh, so the fact that you get football during the week, uh, that that's awesome news to me. That is good news. And I, I will definitely have some CUSA midweek action on my radio, uh, my digital radio down, down under. Um, this is glorious news for college football fans. So it will start next year, 2023 season. We will have midweek conference USA action all month of October. And the reason it's starting next year is because there are a lot of changes going on with conference USA. A lot of teams moving up, if you will, to the American, even though they're both group of five conferences, athletic conference has finally, as of two days ago, announced what their schedule and basic makeup of the conference is going to look like once all of these moves happen. So starting next season, we will see Cincinnati UCF and Houston be a part of the big 12 and we will see UAB, Rice, Charlotte, Florida, Atlantic, UTSA, and North Texas all joining the American Athletic Conference, bringing it from 11 teams down to eight for a moment and then back up all the way to 14 teams in the American Athletic Conference. This is kind of huge. It's also big news for the American. They are doing away with divisions. This is something we're seeing more and more of. Mostly every conference is going to be completely rid of the division structure in the next couple of years. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like for the American. There's probably going to be one, maybe two protected rivalries and then a rotation with every other team. That specific part hasn't been quite announced yet. I've seen one protected rival for each team, but I don't. I don't know yet. We'll see exactly how that goes down. Uh, for example, we're going to see Memphis versus UAB every season. That yep. That is a classic, classic rivalry from back when Memphis was in Conference USA. We're getting that back every year. Fantastic. Love that news. I mean, it's, it's good vibes all around. A group of five. Good things happening. Yeah, absolutely. What what do you think about getting rid of like divisions? Because as an Aussie sports fan, we don't really do divisions. We don't even do conferences in most of our sports. It's it's really mm -hmm. much closer to, you know, like the English Premier League. You know, you just have 18 teams in the Australian Football League. They all play against each other. The top eight go to playoffs. Um, do you think this is like... Yeah, how do you feel as a U.S. sports fan as, as divisions slowly go away um, across sport? Do you think it's a, a positive as a fan or a negative for you? I would say you have to go back to why divisions were created in the first place, why conferences, conferences were created in the first place. And none of those reasons really exist anymore. So the U.S. is big enough that it was really impractical back in when football was really getting going, 1890s, mm. 1900s, 1910s, for teams to be able to travel yeah. all the way across the country every single week and play somebody new. 
so they created these geographically centralized conferences together and then just played the teams closest to them every season, maybe a couple cross-country trips, then decide something between that conference. It made a lot of sense when everybody had to travel by bus or <laughs> something even worse back in the day, maybe to, taking train rides. Mm. Yeah, anymore, it's there's no real need for it. I love the tradition of college football, and I love the tradition of playing your divisional opponents every single season. At the same time, have to admit, conference realignment has messed all that up anyway. Ohio State versus Indiana is a classic rivalry. That probably should happen every year. I kind of hate that it's not going to happen every year. At the same time, Ohio State versus Rutgers, Ohio State versus Maryland never happened until like 2014. But now it happens every season just because they're in a division arbitrarily. I understand why things are changing. It makes the most sense in the long term. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to overcome the tradition, though, in a lot of respects. Yeah. You mean you're not looking up to looking forward to that classic rivalry of, you know, say like Maryland versus USC? Just great geographical I, rivals in the Big Ten. I cannot <laughs> wait. So I, we talked about this back when USC and UCLA announced they're moving to the Big Ten. Apparently, the, diff, yep. the distance between UCLA and Rutgers is the same as Rutgers to a small town in Iceland. <laughs> hey Just, like Reykjavik might be interested in a team in the Big Ten <laughs> that would be fantastic I can't wait <laughs> used to be the Midwest now it's just the Western Hemisphere Big Ten that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> it's a big footprint big recruiting footprint yeah definitely the best talent in the world that's <laughs> <laughs> So let's get to let's get to the games this weekend because there is a massive slate of very fun games mm. to watch out for. Of course, we need to start with our pick'em records so far this college football season. Uh, I understand that you're actually picking every FBS game every week. Is that still because <laughs> I'm an idiot? <laughs> yes. How's that going for you? That's it? still. Uh, it's good. I, I've I've I thought I'll only probably do this for a couple of weeks and then I'll forget about it. But I've actually quite enjoyed doing it. Um, and so yeah, it is still it's still going. We're over six hundred and twenty games deep now into the season with my picks. That is way more dedication than I have to making predictions. <laughs> Gotta say, <laughs> more power to you. Uh, yeah, it's good fun. Thank you. So our, <laughs> our records on screen are only reflective of ranked versus ranked matchups. We're also including ranked yep. versus ranked in the FCS. And then we pick three games between us every week that we want to watch out for. I think are going to be good matchups. So a little bit harder mm. than picking every game. Not going to lie. I think the, I think the Alabama versus yeah. Mercer every week is a <laughs> pretty simple, straightforward yeah. for you. Fill your boots time. Yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your percentage right now? You're still batting over like six fifty, aren't you? That's something crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm four four sixty one and one sixty four at the moment. Wow. So yeah. That is it's going all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just gonna say uh, you're 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 doing better than I am so far. <laughs> but let's look at the ranked matchups in the FBS this week. We have four of them, starting off with the quote unquote early slate. Nothing ranked versus ranked at noon Eastern, but we have two at three thirty. Alabama at Ole Miss, which mm. wow. I don't even know what to think about this anymore. Alabama has two losses. The last time they had three losses, losses in the regular season was 2010. Uh, yeah, that's kind of insane. Might happen this weekend. Lane Kiffin would feel very good about himself if that happened. <laughs> Probably gets a, yes. a big pay raise. If not at Ole Miss, somewhere else. I can't pick Ole Miss. Alabama's just too talented, man. Uh, I can't do it. Yeah. I just think, like, they're not going to lose two in a row. I just don't think that stuff happens. E- even in a down year for Alabama, I, I just think angry Nick Saban um, vibes. Uh, and, I- look, I think they're going to go to the run game. I think they're going to pound Ole Miss on the ground with the run game. They did that to them last season. I think they'll do it again. I think Bill O'Brien will get a recipe of like, hey, remember running the goddamn ball? That sort of thing from Nick Saban. Like, Saban's going to be like, run the dang football. Um, And like, Ole Miss are coming off a bye, which I guess could be good timing for them because it took them a long time to get their bye. But I don't know. I just don't see Alabama going nine and three this week. You know, having the three losses. Uh, yeah. At this point in the season, so I I can't pick against the tide. Bug is picking Ole Miss here, and his argument's definitely going to be about Alabama's struggles on the road, which flared up again last week. Yep. Alabama kept clawing back in that game, though, and I feel like, as crazy as it sounds after I was just talking about how LSU is so overranked, I think LSU is a better team than Ole Miss. And I'm going to say Alabama's between them at this point. So I'm taking Alabama. Next up, we do have number 22, UCF, heading to number 17, Tulane. This is the first ranked matchup to be hosted at Tulane since the 1960s when they were still a member of the SEC. They have more SEC conference titles than like half of the current members of the SEC. And then just uh, almost didn't have a football team anymore for a while. It's a crazy story for Tulane to be back like they are. Two and 10 last year. Now they're eight and one looking for a huge win, potentially sealing a place in the American Mm -hmm. Athletic Conference title game this weekend. I think UCF is better. I'm taking UCF. I feel bad about it, though. I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. And I think, was there some some injury cloud over John Rice Plumley for UCF as well? The, the quarterback, I feel like that's I think... been there all season for some reason. I don't yeah, really okay. understand what's happening yeah. with that. I also, well, officially, I picked UCF to win the American before the season started. So I'm kind of of spurring all my decision a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's that thing for UCF. Like they are, what I think they rank eighth for rush yards per game 
um, and the ninth yeah. most rushing attempts per game this season. But Tulane, I think, pretty good stopping teams on the ground. I mean, their defense is pretty good in general. They've allowed the 11th fewest points in the country. Um, but just three and a half yards per attempt on the ground, which is 29th in the country. So, like, they're not, like, top 10 run defense, but top 30 is pretty good out of 131 right. teams. So, I'm just going to go with the green wave being able to maybe put a stop to at least some of UCF's run game. But I think this is going to be a close, close fought battle. You honestly, you might be right. I'm just, I'm taking the, taking UCF out of pure stubbornness at this point. It feels like yeah. <laughs> uh, third ranked matchup of the day. We're heading down to number 25, Washington at number six, Oregon. This mm. is going to be on Fox, their big game of the day. Uh, we're all taking Oregon here. Actually, I think the spread, if we were picking against the spread, I would take Washington. Because, like we were talking about earlier in the episode, Washington State threw the ball all over Oregon. That's what Washington does well at the same time. So, Michael Penix is having a great season. Probably mm-hmm. not good enough to beat Oregon straight up, but 14-point spread, come on. Yeah, it's a big spread. I'd be looking at the over. This looks like shootout time true, to me. True. Like, this this looks like points are plenty. Um, I'm hearing Bo Nix Heisman talk. Is this something that I should be believing in? I, I'm hearing Bo Nix Heisman talk. I'm kind of starting to buy in, honestly. He has the most touchdowns accounted for in all of college football of any player this season. Uh, 13 rushing touchdowns or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of insane. Hmm. It's, honestly, what he's doing this season is very impressive. He's the, I think he's the first player in some insane amount of time to have all three passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown in a single game. Um, hmm. And he, he's Crazy. done that. I don't know. It's, I think it's legit. There is some real smoke there. He'll have to finish the season very strong, but it's possible. The que- the question is, you know, like the, the old saying, the pen is mightier than the sword, but is the pen Knicks better than the other Knicks? That's the question in this matchup. That was the pen a terrible way to introduce that joke. And I respect no it. No worries. Good job. I, I, I try my best. <laughs> Last ranked matchup of the weekend at the FBS level. We have number four, TCU, heading down to number 18, Texas. Texas is favored in this matchup, even though TCU is undefeated and number four in the country. I got to say, I kind of understand it. TCU has been making some very narrow escapes for multiple weeks now. And if Texas is at full strength, which it seems like they're going to be, uh, I hate picking against TCU, but I feel like I need to here. Bug and Tug are mm. both going with TCU, and I definitely understand that as well. This feels like a game that very well easily could be like 45-7 to seven going into the fourth quarter with Texas with a huge lead, and then TCU somehow wins 112-45. to 45. It's 100% possible at this point, the way TCU has been playing. 
I'm going yeah. with the Longhorns, though. I just I feel like they're probably the more complete team at the moment, even though TCU probably has two of the best players on that field, and Max Duggan and Quentin Johnson. Yeah, and, and like TCU didn't have to play Alabama either. You know, and Texas right. gave Alabama right. a real shake before Quint uh, Ewers went out. The the question really is, where, at what point do the bounty frogs manage to knock Quinn Ewers out of the game? I mean, that's that's the big question. Is it quarter one? Is it quarter two? Is the damage done by that point? Um, the, I I've I'm a frogs fan. I'm a Horn Frogs fan. But this to me, the vibes for this is that we 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 get caught here, but. I'm positive about it because I'm. I think the the CFP is 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 a joke. It's a it's a media charade. It's 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 all smoke and mirrors. What you really want is that Big Twelve title. So TCU Horn Frogs fans, yes. we take our loss here, but then we get revenge in the Big Twelve title game. Still finish and the then, season twelve and one. And then you stomp Alabama in some other New Year's Six bowl and feel good about yourselves going yes. into the next season. That's Love what it. it's all about this year. <laughs> Honestly, for, for his first season, the new head coach at TCU is doing a hell of a job. Very much props. Well, it it's re- reminded me, I was thinking today, I almost took TCU because I remembered the amount of times TCU were favored over Sonny Dykes, SMU, and then the Mustangs put a beating on the Horn Frogs under Sonny Dykes. I almost thought maybe this guy can get them up. For, for this spot but i don't know either way i win either i get the pick right and the longhorns win or i get the pick wrong and the frogs win so it's it's a win-win i think the bounty frogs are definitely going to come out i also think the hypno toad is going to take Bijan robinson out of the game he's going to be paralyzed on the sidelines <laughs> that's right and that poison frog juice <laughs> let's go ahead and jump to the fcs ranked matchups of the weekend course we love talking about the entirety of division one if you didn't know Mm. fcs and fbs are both division one of college football so it's only right we talk about these guys as well uh starting off again Mm. we have four ranked matchups this weekend number 13 richmond at number 15 delaware this weekend uh i've been picking richmond and almost every time we've had them come up I feel like this is the week I have to go against the Spiders. I'm going with the Blue Hens here and that really strong offense in Delaware. Yeah, absolutely. And like, as as you said, you're going to need to do your research here, Jake, because you don't watch FCS. So I did my research and I started to think, why don't I watch more FCS when you've got teams like Richmond with a cool Spider logo, when you've got the Blue Hens? Now, I will say, Delaware are my FCS team. I picked them last year because I loved their logo. Love their logo. Um, That's not the only reason I'm going to pick them. I think this will be a fun pass happy kind of game. Uh, Both teams ranking in the top 20 for passing yards per game. Uh, They've combined for 50 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. So that should be fun. But I think Delaware's defense, they've only allowed 15 touchdowns to the opposition this season. I reckon that might just give them enough stops along the way to get a victory. So I'm picking Delaware. 
Tug is the only one going against everybody here. He is picking Richmond. Of course, he got burned mm. last week when he picked against the Spiders, so he's trying to do the reverse <laughs> logic of what I'm doing. <laughs> yep. uh, second ranked matchup of the weekend, we have number 22, Rhode Island, at number 25, New Hampshire. Unbelievably, Tug is not taking the homer pick this time, finally going against his Rhode Island Rams, taking New Hampshire. Uh, I am as well, simply because of how impressed I was with their performance last week, even in a loss. Um, and Rhode Island has been up and down this season for me. Just not, not what I expected. Kind of want to go with the Wildcats here. I understand Bug taking the Rams, and it looks like you are as well. Yeah, and look, my logic here is fairly flimsy. Um, the, the Rhode Island showed up in a lot more when I was looking at stats and trying to do my, my research, when I was trying to cram my FCS research, Rhode Island just showed up in a hell of a lot, hell of a lot more top fifties in terms of different categories when I was doing my, my research. So I was like, I have to give them the nod. That's where I'm going. Rhode Island. Let's go Rams. That's honestly sound logic. I respect it very much. <laughs> Next ranked matchup of the FCS, we have number nine, Samford, at number 12, Chattanooga. This is a huge battle for the Southern Conference. Samford is currently undefeated in FCS play. Their only loss on the season coming to Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, don't blame them for losing 33 to nothing. Chattanooga's only loss on the season, well, they have actually have two losses. Uh, their first loss was to Illinois. Can't blame them for that. Their other loss is to a team they're tied with in second place in the Southern Conference right now, Furman. Uh, this is at Chattanooga, though. I have a weird feeling this could go Chattanooga's way. I think all the stats say to go with Samford. I got a gut feeling on this one. I had to go with it. I just, I'm pulling for Chattanooga. I don't, I really don't know why. Everybody else is going Samford and it it's probably the right move. <laughs> well, I'm mainly going for Samford because Pittsburgh Steelers legend Duck Hodges played for Samford. Um, they should just put him in the ring of honor. That was the most fun. That that month of Duck Hodges where he beat the Chargers in a stadium that was full of Steelers fans um, in LA. Uh, some of the most fun I've had watching the Steelers in the Big Ben Twilight era. Um, I wish he'd caught on better in Ottawa. I think he's retired now, Duck Hodges. Um, so I'm going Samford, but I would say Chattanooga did sort of show up when I was doing my research in a lot of the uh, defensive um, top 50s and that sort of thing. They ranked 12th in yards allowed, uh, 20 touchdowns conceded in nine games. I just wondered, maybe that's something you could sort of build the argument around is that Chattanooga's defense could do something, but I've got to go Samford. If only for the reason that I salute Duck Hodges. Yeah, Samford's defense has been pretty good so far this season as well. I don't know. I don't know if I have any great reason to stand on other than I just I feel like picking Chattanooga. Vibes <laughs> the last play. ranked matchup of the <laughs> FCS that we're going to talk about, though. Uh, Furman at Mercer. The other ranked teams in the Southern Conference. Furman, Mercer, and Chattanooga are all tied in second place right now in that conference. Sanford being the lone number one. This is a tight conference race. They're all packed in together in rankings as well. Like everybody 
watching this conference from the outside looking in thinks they're basically on even footing. I kind of think that too. And I'm kind of just going with the home team here of Mercer. Honestly, I think Furman's pretty good. It's just, I think Mercer is about equal. And in that case, I don't know what to do other than go with the home team. Although I will say Furman has a great team nickname. They are the Paladins, which never heard that before in any other football. So congrats on being the Paladins. I'm going with the more classic Bears. Yeah, this was a game I actually found. It was this game and the Richmond at Delaware game that I sort of found the most angles I kind of liked. Um, Hmm. Both these teams quite run heavy. Um, Furman 12th in the league for rushing yards per game. Mercer 17th in the league. They've got 33 rushing yards between them, uh, 33 rushing touchdowns between them. Um, and both averaging over 200 rushing yards per game. But why I went Mercer was they rank eighth for yards allowed per game and 15th in the country for stopping the running game. Just 108.8 yards given up on the ground at 3.2 yards per carry. So, yeah, I, I just think Mercer can do enough to stop Furman on the ground. Just And that look that's just based on looking at where they're ranked and that sort of thing. So I could be totally wrong, but that's where I steered uh, in taking the Bears. It is dangerous. We are definitely at risk of memeing ourselves all going for Mercer here. <laughs> it's scary. <That's> right. yeah. <laughs> and then for our matchups to watch out for this weekend, we have three very tight, contested contests for you well two of them anyway uh kansas state at baylor kansas state is still ranked after their loss to texas they are number 19 uh baylor is unranked even though they have the same record at six and three this is going to be 7 p.m eastern on fs1 i'm going with kansas state i still really love this team and adrian martinez being back on the field makes me feel pretty confident in the wildcats Gotta say. Mm. Yeah, I think that Kansas State had a pretty good attempt at ending TCU's um, running, uh, winning streak and the fact that the Bounty Frogs got Martinez as well, I think, as well as the second stringer. I think we got both of them that game. You did. Um, Bounty Frogs. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Kansas State's a, a tough team and I think they'll get the job done over Baylor. Bug is picking the Baylor Bears, and I do respect that pick. They are actually favored in the game by two and a half points, um, which is less than the standard home team. So, you know, Kansas State's getting some respect there, even if they are the underdog technically. My matchup to watch this weekend is San Jose State at San Diego State. This is probably going to be an extremely tight game. It is... I was about to say it is every year. Historically, that's absolutely not true. San Jose State used to be completely awful at football. The last couple of years, they've really turned it on and made these games a lot more competitive. This season so far, they are 6-2. and The reason that record is so weird this deep into the season, they did have one game canceled on them uh, for, let's say, less than ideal circumstances. A player on the opposing team was killed in a bus accident and uh you know san jose state did the right thing and didn't take a forfeit they just canceled the game we'll 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 be six and two we're okay with that i gotta say 
San Diego State doesn't look as good as they have in recent years so far. And San Jose State's playing pretty dang well. I'm taking the Spartans, but I think this could this is like a coin flip game, honestly, because it's at San Diego State. This is a this is very much a rivalry now. It's turning into a pretty strong one. I don't know. I think this is going to be a very tight game. Yeah, and that like they, I know Auburn's not that great, but they pushed Auburn twenty four sixteen earlier in the season. They've had some thumping wins, thumped UNLV, thumped Western Michigan, pretty handily beat Wyoming, pushed Fresno State ten seventeen. Um, I'm a close game. I just I had to lean on something like arbitrary to decide this one. So I decided I liked the logo better. San Jose State's <laughs> logo. Like they are really evenly matched. So I was like, well, I went with logo vibes on this one, but I think it should be a good game. I feel like, was this a really good game last year? I feel like I might've watched this game last season. Um, it's been a really good game the past two, three years, I would say. It's yeah. just been yeah. a slugfest. Yeah. And Bug is taking San Diego State. Uh, everybody else is taking San Jose State. I, Again, I understand where he's coming from. Kind of just uh, at some point, maybe just take the home team. I'm living dangerously in this one. <laughs> uh, Tug's matchup to watch this weekend is not going to be a good game. At least none of us think so. Uh, Stetson at St. Thomas. This is just for the storyline purely. I don't know if you know the story of St. Thomas. Nope. Okay. Definitely perfect. don't. <laughs> this is their second year in Division One. They moved all the mm-hmm. way up to the FCS level from Division Three. The forever to do so in NCAA history had to get some pretty heavy exemptions to be able to do so. They were down in Division Three in the MEAC conference and now some listeners of the show may recognize that name. The MEAC conference is an FCS conference, isn't it? This is a different MEAC conference. This is M-I-A-C, the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. It's a bunch of private schools in Minnesota, including formerly St. Thomas. Uh, St. Thomas was beating them so badly that the conference said, hey, we can't let you play these schools anymore. Uh, you're actually like physically dominating to the point where it's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) So they got kicked out of their own conference. And instead of moving to a different D3 conference or even just up to D2, they said, Hey, we're good enough. We have the sponsors for it. We have the funding. We're in St. Paul of all places. You know, it's a big enough city. They can support us. Let's go ahead and make the jump to division one. They went seven and three last year. Wow. (laughs) And their second year in division one this season, they are eight and one so far. It looks like the right move. Gotta say Uh, this weekend, they're playing Stetson, which Stetson's not very good this season, but it's definitely a story worth talking about because St. Thomas is playing exceptionally and uh, we all had to take them, but I'm glad I got to tell you that story. Yeah, that's awesome. I see. I said the jug was ready to be filled with football learnings, 
and the jug has been filled. It's it's great. I love love football stories like that. If only the AFC East could have done that with the Patriots, you know, across like the last twenty years of like, look, yes. you're just too good. We would like you to move up. <laughs> Swap places with the Cleveland Browns for a minute. Get the Patriots, That's Steelers, right. and Ravens in a division together oh. for that stretch of Tom Brady's career. That would have been incredible. Uh, didn't happen. Imagine how Tom many Brady. times Ben Roethlisberger would have lost to the Patriots if they'd played in division. How many times <laughs> Tom Brady wouldn't have made it to the playoffs because he's third in the AFC North. Mm. That's possible too. Mm. Tom Brady, the Those Ravens. football player in NFL history. I've said it last week. I'll say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love the stat that was um, Tom Brady. Uh, the the Bucks currently four and five and first in their division. The Patriots five and four and last in their division. Yes, <laughs> yes. Every time uh, Tom Brady right. shows up, everybody else in the division just gives up. That's that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's our games to watch this weekend. Certainly a stacked slate of games all across Division One. Now. Let's talk about specs. It's been a weekly recurring series. I try to take an offensive and defensive player just to look out for ahead of draft season. I always take a senior because the risk of taking a junior is that, well, they might come back to school. Uh, They're draft eligible doesn't mean they'll go to the draft. So trying to take some mid-round prospects who are forced to leave school this season. (laughs) <laughs> to help my odds a little bit. Uh, so let's start with on the offensive side of the ball. I'm taking Muhammad Ibrahim because he's a fantastic running back and not enough people are talking about him. Uh, if you'll notice, the stats are a little bit up and down. That's because 2019, he got hurt with some very minor things. Didn't really sideline him for any length of time. It was just Nick's and scrapes that kept him off for one game at a time there. And then in 2021, all of those stats, 30 carries, 163 yards, and two touchdowns, came in the first half against Ohio State in week one. Then he was out the rest of the season. He has come back with a vengeance, already has over a 1,000 yards for the third season of his career, has tied his career high for touchdowns in a season with 15 will definitely pass 15 touchdowns to this season. Uh, Cause he's got a couple more games to go and very important games that Minnesota is definitely going to lean on him. So watch out for Muhammad, Muhammad Ibrahim. He is much better at running back than most people give him credit for. Yeah, it's like if he's healthy, it's a thousand yards and ten plus touchdowns. Right. By the right. look of things, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. No, and that's a name I've definitely heard. I was listening to that Minnesota Ohio State game mm. on the radio while I was walking around town last season. I remember it vividly because I may or may not have been involved in that game as more than a fan and partly with my wallet for various reasons. So <laughs> I was keeping yeah, a close look at that game. I remember his name. Yeah, that game was terrifying for me as an Ohio State fan because if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, we definitely would have lost to Minnesota, which is 
and that's one of my worst nightmares. I hate that. So, <laughs> moving on, the defensive side of the ball, I'm taking my second FCS prospect in a row. Uh, finally broke the seal on CS guy last week, and now I'm taking another one. Patrick O'Connell, linebacker for the Montana Grizzlies. You'll notice another logo up there on the screen. That's because he is a Division II transfer. Initially went to University mm. of Mary. Where's that? Who knows? Uh, turns out it's in Bismarck, North Dakota. Okay. Uh, played for the Marauders for one season. As a true freshman, actually recorded some decent stats as a rotational linebacker and got looks from his hometown, Montana. Uh, sat out a year as a transfer and then instantly started making an impact. You'll notice those 2020 stats look very paltry. Uh, that's actually in two games because COVID is a thing that happened and not many games happened that 2020 season. Uh, so in two games, he put up eight tackles and two TFLs. I don't blame him for that. 2021, he came out and... Uh, yeah, he had 105 tackles, 21 and a half for loss, and 14 sacks with four forced fumbles. <laughs> um, he won defensive MVP of the team. <laughs> he was also at the team banquet at the end, the end of the year. He was given the Doug Betters Golden Helmet Award for the hardest hitting player on the team which I love that that's an award and I had to shout that out. <laughs> Absolutely. It was he, he would have been involved in the Montana team that beat uh, UW last season. Yeah. Yes. Just the same yes. Grizzlies that beat Washington. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he looked freaking good doing it. So this season production is down only eight sacks so far, only 12 tackles for loss. What is he doing? Uh, well, it turns out he's getting his first interceptions of his career, uh, has two interceptions so far this season and hasn't had any before the, this year. So he's doing some things in coverage he's never done before, which is only going to help his draft mm -hmm. stock. I really hope he gets like some kind of a combine invite. I I'm sure that he will at this point, uh, if not something seriously wrong with that system. But hopefully he gets some real serious looks by NFL scouts because, wow, is he lighting up the big sky in a big way. Come on down to the Steelers, Patrick. It's where, it's where, we'll, it's where you need I'm to sure, I'm sure he'd be down. <laughs> so that actually does it for college football unless you wanted to add something there uh no i, I think just go frogs talking for yeah we've covered it all <laughs> <laughs> um one last thing before i let you go though because mm. we have something very exciting happening this weekend outside of the nfl outside of college football and that is a league that you follow way more closely than i do uh, we're talking <laughs> CFL football, Canadian Football League. Yeah. Playoffs are happening right now, and uh, we're deep in them. So what can you tell us about the CFL playoffs so far? Uh, I can tell you that my Hamilton Tiger Cats departed last week. 
uh, unfortunately. But I think we were eight and ten and squeezed our way into the playoffs in in the final spot. So we probably didn't deserve to be there, unfortunately. Um, went down to the Alouettes. Um, it was felt like a weekend last weekend of clearing away the the pretenders. I think these final four all have a shot. Um, we've got the Alouettes and the Argonauts. Should be a fun matchup. I've heard they've had to open up more seating in the Argonauts stadium that they're going to get a sellout or they're getting closer to a sellout, which is kind of big news. Like there's a lot of crap talked about the CFL and it does have its issues and, you know, all that sort of thing. But there was a nice crowd for BC last week in Vancouver, which was awesome. And it sounds like the Argos are going to get a good crowd. Um, the big one for me, though, is BC versus the Blue Bombers. The Blue Bombers reigning back-to-back champs. Um, but BC Lions, under new ownership, it really seems they're riding a wave and they went all in on Nathan Rourke, quarterback, was on pace to break every record under the sun in the CFL, then got injured uh, earlier in the year, came back, and last week he was pristine. Uh, in the playoff game, uh, took really good care of the football, dropped dimes everywhere. So big game for these teams. Um, that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Nathan Rourke is just such a cool experience to watch. And I think it's his brother playing quarterback for Ohio. Um, yes. At Curtis the moment Rourke as well. He, he's for the Bobcats. slinging it around as well. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him in Tuesday night this week. Very fun. Yeah, well, apparently, I, th- I think they said they're, they're, they're slinging it around more than when Nathan Rourke played there. And I think he was a bit unhappy. He was like, I would have preferred to play in that offense where I had to run less. Yeah, Curtis is ac- yeah. actually his nickname now is the Maple Missile, which I love so much. <laughs> That's a, it's better than Kid Canada. That's what Nathan yeah. Rourke gets is Kid Canada. Um, That's yeah, brutal. Maple Missile. That's. <laughs> That's the way. <laughs> I uh, I fo- I follow um, I think it's Nathan Rourke's QB coach or something on on, on Instagram. Mm. That's how I came across him. Was these videos of him, um, perfecting his throwing mechanics in the off season. My God, like that is a missile. That is, the, Nathan Rourke has a serious serious arm. He can sling it. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some calls for NFL preseason. If he gets a spot on a camp roster, um, wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest. I got to say, in my limited CFL experience, admittedly, uh, Nathan Rourke looks like the best team about this Lions team. And I would say Winnipeg is probably the better team overall, which makes me want to take them in this matchup, even though the Rourke family story has been very fun (laughs) this whole season at every level of football. Uh, And I'm with you. Toronto's the better team than Montreal. The Argonauts look pretty dang solid right now. Uh, I and don't know, really though. It's actually, too. they've played each other three times this season. Serrano won two of those only by one point each time. <laughs> That's That kind of scares me. <laughs> but I think Toronto is the better team. Yeah, and I think one of those games was actually by a... A single point right at the end. Someone had to concede a rouge or something right at the end, and, and yeah, uh, something, was, some weird, some weird quirk. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, look, I'm just going to go. I'm going to ride the Rourke story, but the Blue Bombers are very, they're, they're a terrifying prospect. My, my Thai Cats lost both of the last Grey Cups to Winnipeg. So very sad. Very sad. So it looks like we are predicting <laughs> Toronto versus somebody in the CFL championship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should be a fun game either way. Yeah. Uh, I actually did catch Absolutely. A, a couple of CFL games so far this season for the first time ever. I don't normally watch CFL at all, but that's yeah. actually really fun and I do recommend it. So if you have a chance to sit down and see some action, I suggest putting some money down on Toronto. That's that's what we're recommending here. This is financial yeah. advice. Definitely. That's right. <laughs> so Montreal will be on its way to the Grey Cup. Goodness. Get out of here before I get us in more trouble. Uh, that's right. But thank you so much for joining me, uh, talking some football. No it's worries. always a good time. And uh mm. Wow, it's been actually a lot longer episode than I thought it was going to be. A lot more detail on some of those games than I expected, but it's all worthwhile conversation for sure. Some good stats in there. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys listening will watch along with us this weekend and stay tuned because I believe Bug is going to be back, if not both Bug and Tug, for the Monday reviews of these games. So seriously, again, thank you, Jake. And uh, I'll let you go. I know it's like 1 p.m. for you in Australia right now. That's right. Which is insane. It's lunch. That's so crazy because it's like 10 p.m. for me. I got to go to bed to get ready for work now. So yeah. <laughs> um, I'll let but, you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you shout out anything that you want to, your social media links, anything. And, of course, we'll put a link yeah. to your podcast and your Twitter in the description of this podcast as well. Awesome. Yeah, look, my main point of call is the the Jake Botel sports experience, um, doing NFL previews and recaps all season. Uh, and we also do some other episodes as well. Uh, when the hurling season returns for the Gaelic games, I'll get into that. Uh, it's, it's a pretty broad experience, but at the moment it's very NFL focused. So yeah, the JBSE, you can get on with that. And also... You already do this, but make sure you support the big dudes if you're watching this show. They put out awesome content, so you should go. The Patreon's worthwhile content as well. So, yeah, love what you guys do. It's good to see you're still grinding away in the trenches. Thank you very much, Jug. <laughs> this still Anyways. feels weird, but it's it's definitely your name <laughs> now permanently. So Thank you. <laughs> and with that... Uh, Go ahead and shout out our social media links as well. Of course, twitter.com slash BDT football, uh, Facebook, Instagram as well. We have all those places. BDTfootball.com is an option for you. If you'd like to reach out to us via email, you can do so mailbox at BDTfootball.com. Uh, Twitch and YouTube are both big dudes in the trenches all spelled out. We also have a Discord and it's a bunch of jumbled letters. So go check out the podcast description to get access to that discord. Uh, we're going to kickstart some crazy things in there, like potentially some live drafts for Mount Rushmore's. And if you don't know what that is, join the discord and you'll find out the hard way. Uh, very fun stuff coming your way on the discord in the near future. But 
you know, uh, Tug has the saying at the end of every episode, he's not here. I'm not obligated to do it, so I'm not going to. Bug also would have given you a dad joke at this point, but again, I'm not contractually obligated, so I'm not going to do so. Instead, I'm just going to say, buddy, thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, see you next episode.